0: everybody twitter spaces is back crazy night of football throughout the bay area we're starting to get everybody into it right now just waiting noah gloss and greg will be stopping by he was at Leland's. we had matthew fair he was at that crazy pittsburgh folsom game i was at heritage against vintage we'll get to that in a minute but some scores throughout the bay area just to kind of start it off de la salle went down to san diego got a big time win down there over a defending state champion kind of day. Let's all do what it does. Gets another big win. Folsom beating Pittsburgh on the road, going to East County, getting that win. Big win for Folsom without Stanford commit Walker Lions at tight end. Obviously, Folsom still got a lot of really good guys within that program. It's it's just been it's been quite the night of football, and we're bringing on Noah Glosson right now. Gave him a co-host invite, waiting to see if he is able to join. Noah, can you hear on, me? I'm on. Yeah. Awesome. So Noah was at. Well, how do we say, how do we describe your game against Miramonte Oakdale? Fireworks is that the right way to say it?
1: Absolutely. I mean, both sides were amazing. The first half, I mean, Oakdale just controlled the tempo, controlled the clock. 599 rushing yards overall. Didn't throw the ball once, and it was just a showdown. It was 64 to 42 at the final. But Miramonte, they fought hard all game. I know he's in the spacer now, but shout out to Luke Duncan. He had a phenomenal. Four hundred twenty-six yards, five touchdowns. Ethan Conley, nine catches, two hundred and thirty-five yards, four touchdowns. One of the, a amazing performance through the air. And they fought all game, and it was a pleasure to see them.
0: Yeah, what about Oakdale? What were some of those top performers for Oakdale? What are some of the stats you got for them? Uh
1: yeah, so let me bring them up real quick. Oakdale stats. Cam Guthrie, 17 carries, 212 yards, 2 touchdowns. Chase Rao, 12 carries, 170 yards, 2 touchdowns. Brian Delty, 11 carries, 95 yards, 4 touchdowns. And Mickey Merzon, uh, the coach's son, uh, 7 carries, 34 yards and a touchdown. 599 overall rushing yards.
0: That's that. That sounds almost like old school Big 12 football. That kind of score and that amount of yards when you have <laughs> those Baylor, Texas Tech, Baylor, West Virginia, all those those Mike Leach offenses, Dana Olgerson That sounds like you were at one of those classic Big 12 football games, in high school football. Yeah,
1: it was amazing. Uh, the way they did that wing tee was really phenomenal. They're a very tricky matchup. They're like aptos with the way they run that wing tee, double wing offense, and they proved tonight they dominated the pat run game and it looks like they got more comfortable eventually with the pass uh, they managed to you know, slow down Miramani holding it just 6 points in the second but uh, they fought hard and they deserved to win that game especially with all that talent they've got up there and speaking of which there was another big game Pittsburgh and Folsom uh, Ethan Castle was there he would love to speak uh, Ethan you connecting now?
2: There we go. He, he yeah, rest. hey guys, just leaving Pittsburgh right now. Really fun ball game. Folsom takes it 23-15 in behind four interceptions, a blocked punt, and a blocked field goal. They ran back 75 yards for a touchdown. The amount of talent on the field on display is just insane. But what really blew me away in this game was the Folsom defense because you, you know they walk in and it's not like they're these you know six hundred you know six foot eight, three hundred pound defensive linemen. They're you know. Larger than your average high school kid, but not by a ton. But they do enough fundamentally, and they just get into the backfield every play. When Jaden Rashada had time in the pocket, he dropped dimes, but he had very few plays where he had a lot of time in the pocket. They got to him quickly pretty much every play all night, and that was the biggest reason they won this game. Wow, was there a lot of blitz in that game, too, or is it just three, four-man pressure? Uh, they were putting on some decent blitzes, but it wasn't like they were ever sending – you know, like, more than five, usually, because they had to, to stay on Rashid Williams, which I thought they did a really good job of. Greco Carrillo, number five for Folsom, was tremendous in that one-on-one matchup. Will, Williams still had a couple of huge catches. Like, every catch he makes is a highlight like, real play, but they limited him to, I think, like, maybe maybe four catches all night.
1: Yeah, that's big. I mean, especially with all that talent Pitts got, not just Rashid Williams, that card, Keenan Higgins, uh, Kai Taylor, uh, all those guys. So it's a really tough and tricky matchup, especially when you're playing um, against a tough team that goes to the air a lot like Pittsburgh. But seems like Folsom did a good job on defense and special teams all night.
2: Big night for the BVAL altogether, though. Pitt, even though they came up short, represented themselves well. Freedom puts the hurt on Menlo. Looks like Heritage smoked vintage.
0: Yeah, let's get into that. I was at that game, the game of the week. You just go around Heritage and everything feels different, right? The crowd's buzzing, the school's buzzing. I felt like that whole entire side of Brent was at the game tonight for homecoming, but they just put a looking on Vantage 41-0. Here's the biggest story, too. Devin Rivers, Fresno State commit. They're four games into this season. He is nine yards shy of 1,000 rushing yards for the season. He put up 271 tonight, 200-plus 200 every game. He's got 991 rushing yards. We're just four games into this fall season. That is the crazy part. But his offensive line, too, was Absolutely phenomenal! All five of those guys up front—they're getting eight, nine, ten, eight, ten yards a carry. They average actually 10.1 yards per carry as a team. Dominated up front. Heritage is dominating teams left and right. They've dominated Dublin. They've dominated Granada. They've dominated. They've dominated Whitney from Rockland. Now vintage—all strong programs. They're four and zero. Their best starts since 2017. The defense was big. Ryan Simmons had three tackles for a loss. Chase Weatherby had a tackle for loss. Jeremiah Young recovered a blocked. Dogs in the BVA. I know it's early four weeks in, but you have to love what Dave Fogelstrom's got going in your three at Heritage. Those assistants he's got, Ron Rivers, Kevin Hartway, he was a longtime freedom coach, Coach Devin's brother, Ronnie, and Joe Mixon, all those guys. Great coaching staff. They've got that culture really, really buzzing at Heritage right now.
1: Yeah, I agree. you got to love what uh, that, that culture is there. You know, you have guys way up, block room at 5.30 a.m., and guys come in ready to work. Uh, really fast guys too. Uh, that rushing attack, Devin Rivers, like you mentioned, he's having a phenomenal season. If he's not uh, the leader for athlete of the year, I don't know who is. Uh, you know Jeremiah Ruffin, great athlete, he has a Nevada offer, and I was imp- I'm impressed so far with Heritage and what they've got so far.
0: Yeah, Ruffin had an interception, had a really nice touchdown catch on a fade of 15 yard pass from Austin Peters. Peters is a really intriguing 2025 prospect. Young makes smart plays, doesn't force passes. He's going to be a good one there. They've got Ruffin. They got Brooks Davis. They've got Dominic Mills, another guy. He's really tall, still new to football. Number four, I I'm started sure I'm trying to think of top by head. He's got to be 6'3, six, 6'4, six, how big he is. They got a young tight end who's 15. There, there's a good future in Stored Heritage. Everything's just everything's just building right now. I and mean, yeah. it's coming together at the perfect time. And it's you're not going to win games if you don't win the offseason inheritance won the offseason and guess what now they're winning games they're 4-0 there's a big recipe to success right there you've got that culture bond and the kids want to get there early every morning but Look what's happened yeah
2: and to kind of draw a parallel from college football you know you said year three and i think year three is when you really start to see it because you've had you know kids that have been in your program from the lower levels that are coming up to varsity it's not just you know picking you know inheriting pieces it's really when you get to establish who your guys are and what your program's ideals and goals are
0: 100 we're seeing that in college football some third four-year fourth-year coaches are starting to get it figured out right florida state just had a big win look at what's happened there they beat lsu in a crazy win they beat louisville in a really big time win for them you're seeing that's when it gets built one thing heritage has done really well too is they're getting people who want to join the football program they're recruiting these baseball guys basketball guys and campus and being like hey you're a great athlete come out for football we could use you you just got Fogelstrom's on campus, trying to get all these different kids. He's he's marketing their football program in the right way, and you're seeing those results on the field.
1: Absolutely, he's doing a fantastic out there. Um, just so much, so much excitement around the Bay Area today. I know the CCS was you know not as exciting because a lot of teams are on there by Wilcox, Los Gatos, all the EBAL, all, all the excuse me, the um, West Catholic Athletic League. Besides uh, Reardon, they play tomorrow in a big, pretty good game against Sacred Heart Prep. Uh, Ethan, I know you're going to be at that game. What are your keys to that game? Can Bearden avoid
2: penalties? Because they got flagged 16 times in their win over Tan? They have so much explosive big playability. And it's a really fun contrast with an SHP team that can go on a nine-minute drive and chunk off four or five yards at a time. But that's not a defense where you can make up, you know, first and 20 after a holding penalty. You're going to have to avoid beating yourself. And I think we're going to see just how good the SHP secondary is because they're going to get tested tomorrow. You know, they did a great job against Sacred Heart Cathedral. Only gave up two scores. One was on trick play. Tomorrow will be a big test for them because Bearden's got weapons all over. But SHP's secondary, uh, John Chung and Carter Shaw, they can run with him. It's going to be a great game.
1: Yes, yes. That, if they, that defense versus that explosive Bearden offense is going to be key. We know Ravapati knows that team pretty well. He's He was 4-0 against them when he was head coach at Memo Atherton. Mike Mitchell, won the best prospects in the class 26, and so many other guys who can make big plays at any time. But I'm really impressed with that SHB defense. So it's a good contrast between the teams, and I think it's going to be a good matchup. But I think Reardon does win.
0: Yeah, Ethan, can we go into this too more about Michael Mitchell Jr.? I know you mentioned about him in the interview, how smart that kid is, how well-spoken he is. I had those
2: same thoughts talking to a lot, but just how wise beyond his years is Michael Mitchell? It's ridiculous. It's like you're dealing with, you know, a kid who's not just as experienced as a high school senior, but like well into his college career. He's so calm under pressure. And man, if he adds on another two, three inches of height, he will have every single program in the country offering him a scholarship. He's going places.
0: Oh, easily. You know, that guy's going to be a great representative of your program. If he's, what, 14? And he's this smart. I can't imagine when he's 18, 19, 20, playing big time college football. And on the
2: actual football side of things. When it comes to the actual football side, his passes have so much zip on them, it's insane.
0: Oh, his mechanics are so fluid. He's been he's been groomed for this for years. And you can tell those mechanics that release his footwork, everything is just on point. And Noah, do we have any other scores across the Bay Area? I saw Cal one up 36-35 on Antioch, and a two points, right? But we have a um, final on that or any other game?
1: Okay, I'm going to – based on what happened last week, I'm going to take everything Max Prep says. From now on, I'm with a grain of salt. Sorry, Max Preps. Um, but uh, but let's see what we got. Ooh, um, Los Lomas, it looks like lost to Cinnamon Valley. Cinnamon Valley is doing a great job this year. You know, Luke Baker, Laird Wheeler, Gavin Jones, all those guys are really coming together and clicking at the right time. Uh, it does look like Men Atherton, felt the Del Oro, tough team out there in the Central Valley. They were making headlines earlier a couple weeks ago with 115-degree practice, a player collapsed, but now he's back. Luckily, he's okay. And it's just really – this is a really tough team out there. And I know Menlo Atherton's amazing, but they just couldn't do it. But Turlock took down Clayton Valley. What's up, Ethan? Uh, Ethan?
2: Yeah, I was just going to touch on uh, Menlo Atherton really quick. You know, even even with arguably the best player in Northern California, they had – to replace a lot from last year. There aren't a ton of returners, so experience like this is going to pay off for them. You know, playing against a great team like Del Oro. Look, this is a team that lost two D1 corner receiver types. They do still have a big D1, you know, Pac 12 commit left tackle and so on if I solo, but graduated Matt McLeod, who's off at Miami of Ohio now, you know, high academic kid. They had a lot to replace, and for them to just run the table and go 10 and 0 would have been tough. This is. You know, playing against a team like this will only make them better. Your scheduling cupcakes won't do that for you, and they've been a darn good schedule so far. By right. the way, if you're, yeah. if you're ever up in that area around Loomis, Aikita's Burgers in Auburn, right off Highway 80, is a must. Getting hungry just thinking about them.
1: Noted, noted. But yeah, yeah. and it does look uh, like you know, oh, you know a five star. A
0: five star doesn't really like a five star will give you a lot, but it's not going to make up a whole team, right? And this the way the Manel Athens come together I think is a really good story, but I think Ethan touched it perfectly. It, how do you replace guys like Jeremiah Irby and Jalen Moss like that you can't – I don't care how good of a coach you are, that's not easy to do. They still came out week one and beat Bellarmine, and again, Ethan's right. They're
2: going to be – they'll be ready as the season goes on. There's no doubt about it. They're definitely the team to beat in the PAL. You know, they've got a couple of good non-league tests, you know, kind of like the cross with the – the sort of cross-division games with the D.A.M.s over. They've got Wilcox and Los Gatos. But I don't see too many teams in the PAL Bay outside of maybe SHP. Maybe Menlo or Half Moon Bay hanging with them. Half Moon Bay could hang with them just because they're such a tricky matchup with, like, all the rugby scrum-type plays. And Menlo School, we know, can air it out. Although Freedom's stuck in them tonight.
1: Yeah. Like, all of those Wait. All those guys. It's really just you know. I'm,
0: I'm sorry, still driving. I'm I'm still driving. Could one of you check Twitter? Whoever isn't driving and see the Cal Antioch score. I know Cal High was tweeting the score throughout, so maybe we have a final on that. That's that's. I'm just really interested. In Let's that take a look at final. it.
1: Antioch it's football. Good. Uh, not. Nah, it's not it Hold on. Antioch Cal. Let's see what we got. Um. It looks like they held off. They held him off. It looks like they won
0: 36-35. Danny Calcagno, man, that's one heck of a coach. He's another year oh, three guy, but what he did his first two years, they go from, right, they went from that run-heavy I formation, big fullbacks, big tight ends, big running back sets for years under Eric Belici to what? Danny Calcagno all of a sudden goes to this big-time spread, getting snaps off real quick, no huddle, all this stuff, and look what they're doing, right? They've they've been a contender these last few years, and they're getting some big wins again this year
2: got a couple of ccs scores when you're ready to shift over that way just give me the cue right. hey go ahead now i saw greg was in a wild one santa teresa over leland 17 to 10 in two overtimes i was thinking of going to maybe that one or i was looking at king's academy hillsdale uh tka pulled it off 33 29 every hillsdale game has been down the wire so far they got a saturday in a few weeks against cappuccino that could be pretty good also, uh, Homestead taking out my alma mater, game on a 45-yard touchdown in the final minute. Homestead trailed twice by double digits in the fourth quarter, came back and won 22-19. They didn't score until the fourth quarter, and that's how they got their first win of the year. So congrats to Milo Lewis on the Mustang and his his Mustangs on a big one. Also, Steven Johnson and the Branham Bruins put the hurt on rival Lee, 28-13. Lee had lost a bunch of close ones. Branham stuck at two tonight. I thought I had Branham as the underdog in that game.
0: Branham's got some really good
2: leadership this year, too. William Alkinson's
0: really taking another level in that game. Dual-threat quarterback. Mateo Poso, I think everybody knows, is just a freak, and he's really elevated his game. So He's a D1 kid. You've got Elias and He's a good running back. But Branham's got a really strong roster this year under Steven Johnson. He's proven to win as
2: a head coach, too. When they can stay out of penalties, they're pretty dangerous. You know, I know penalties really hurt him in that Cupertino game. So did turnovers. They obviously stepped it up tonight, and... I saw, I think Phil Jensen was at that game. Someone from the Bay Area News Group was, and I know Augustine was putting up huge numbers. It was either it was either Phil Jensen or Glenn Reeves, I forget which, but I know he was, Willie was doing it on the ground and through the air. Looks like we've also got Gus
0: Morris. Gus, if you want to unmute your mic. I know you were at Montgomery, Casa Grande, a really highly touted matchup in Sonoma County. If you want to kind of give your breakdown and recap of that game and what happened there
3: yeah kind of crazy game sorry guys i'm driving home right now too so i don't know if the background noise is uh, too bad but uh just driving back from montgomery right now yeah 44 35 final over uh casa grande came out on top uh we Pretty nuts game. Uh, Montgomery was coming off of kind of a weird, like, unplanned bye week last week. They were supposed to play St. Bernard's, and then St. Bernard's had to cancel. Uh, had some kids with COVID who were out, just didn't have a full team. So coming off an unplanned bye week, and they were hosting a Grande team that got uh, routed 45-0 to last week by Marin Catholic. And it was actually the first time that they'd been shut out uh, since uh, head coach John Antonio took over in 2018. So kind of two teams coming in from very different ends of the spectrum. And it was a pretty wild game. Uh, first half alone – so first half it was 21-20 – um, Montgomery was leading, uh, but they also had, I believe they had five turnovers I want to say, in the first half uh, just like, I, just really kind of poor play, um, like a lot of guys were just not on the same page, I, I think uh, there were three, I want to say three no, four interceptions I want to say in the first half, uh, one fumble and then to open the second half Costa got another interception, and then they also got a, got another fumble. I want to say sometime in the third quarter. So six six turnovers, I, I think, was the count final for for Montgomery. And even still, it was uh, it was a one score game all the way until the end. Uh, Monty got the ball back with about two or three minutes left at their own one yard line after a punt, uh, and Costa sealed it with a safety. But um, man, Keegan Peterson from Montgomery had a huge game. He had uh, touchdown catches of 80 yards. I want to say one of 50 yards. He had like, he then came out running back, had, like, a 19-yard touchdown run. And then he also had, like, a 92-yard kickoff return on 1.2. So, uh, I mean, like, again, for as poor of a game as, I guess, Monty. Oh, also, two penalties. They were, like I, – I lost track of the penalties, but they must have been upwards of, like, 14, 15 penalties. It was, like, really, really not, not the sharpest game for Montgomery. And even still, it was a one-point game all the way till the end. Um, couple, like, Costa Grande quarterback, Wyatt Iverson, I think he had something like 60 pass attempts – um, I mean, that's just kind of how Casa plays, but I think he finished with, with 385 yards. Uh, I think it's three passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, so a huge game from him. Uh, great games from receivers uh, well, receiver, Spencer Allman and Jordan Giacomini. I think, uh, I think Giacomini had, a t- had two touchdowns over hundred yards receiving. And then uh, Allman, I think also went over hundred yards and had a touchdown. Uh, and then the defensive MVP for, for Casa was uh, kid. Gavin Pandolfi, strong safety, two interceptions and a f- fumble recovery. So he had three of those total six uh, turnovers for the Gauchos. But, um, huge win for Casa since they. I mean, this stretch for them. I mean, they played MC last week. They had Monty this week, is much improved, and I think that they're going to be a really good, like a kind of a dark horse team in the NBL Oaks this year. Uh, and and then next week they open uh, Vival play uh, against Vintage, which um, you know that, that that game last year was was an instant classic, and that was the first time that. Vintage has lost a league game since the viva was created in eighteen, so just a, a, a brutal stretch here for for Casa. But to get a win here going into that Vintage game, um, just kind of huge for them going forward. So um, big, definitely a big win for Casa. Uh, and then Montgomery, honestly, like I was talking to head coach for his bad after the game, and he's like, honestly, like if like you know if if we have a game like this this early, it's something that we can learn. Kind of a wake up call game for them, especially going forward. I believe they have. I think it's Saint Vincent coming up, which is going to be an awesome game, uh, and then and then MBL plays play begins. I think in a couple of weeks, so um, you know again, road is not going to be easier for them either. But uh, yeah, crazy game overall here for for Casablanca. But um, anyone else wants to take over? That's what I got.
0: No, yeah, I mean, yeah. Montgomery, Montgomery's got Saint Vincent de Paul on the road next Saturday afternoon, two p.m. And Saint Vincent de Paul actually just got a twenty-seven 27- looked after one NCS last year.
3: Oh, I think you're breaking up a little bit there, Chris. But yeah, no, I saw I saw St. Vincent I uh, got a big win over Oakland Tech. Um I don't I'm just I'm still driving some uh, I I don't have all the scores yet here, but I saw Windsor w- Windsor beat Lincoln. I saw by by quite a bit. I don't know the Cardinal Newman deanza score yet. Curious to see that one. I know um they're get, uh, running back linebacker, uh, uh stars at Tino Savano, I know he wasn't playing again tonight. Um, but uh and, and, and they have a huge game next week against St. Mary's coming to town and they're like and and, and actually it's crazy too because Newman you know the season's been going on for a month and they still haven't like haven't played a home game so they their home opener next week is uh hosting st mary's which is gonna be a huge, huge game um so uh yeah i don't quite know a lot of those scores there but i know uh annalee i think beat up Ontario Linda pretty good tonight uh 35-0 at half and then i think they put the second third string in in the second half and it was like 42-20 i want to say it was up like the final um uh and then i saw petaluma barely eat past maria Carrillo at 21-20 and that's Second time that uh that that, that Marie Carrillo has like been on the wrong end of a um, of a really close game. And I but, but I think it also shows how strong Carrillo is gonna be this year too. I mean they're on three, but they barely lost to Casa in their opener. Uh, lose by Pedluma by one. Um, so a couple like I mean again, you never wanna be on three, but some really encouraging games there for Carrio, which was not an out like definitely not a good program last year, but it seems like they're they're definitely making some strides. Um and then I yeah I'm not quite sure there oh yeah and then also shoot have you guys talked about Rancho Vanden yet that one looked crazy yeah size.
1: yeah I we see. have not talked about also just to sorry to interrupt you guys yeah, I yeah, I yeah. believe that um Dianza right, Cardinal Lumen won 49 to 20 over Dianza but that was a good matchup but Vanden and and Rancho Catati, that was a really hyped up matchup two great teams uh mm-hmm. the Cal bound defensive back and athlete he can do it all and then that tough tough Vanden defense. They didn't actually edge Pat. asked them by one point, and it really came down to the final minute. Uh, with all that um, happening out there in Fairfield, it was quite the game. Um, they Rancho lost by one, but it was a close one. So
3: I, I saw that. I, I think I saw a tweet from Rancho that, that they had scored a touchdown and then they had missed the extra point with about five minutes left. And I think that was the difference.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like really close. It was a razor thin margin, and it was expected to be a good game. There were no really wrong predict- predictions for that one, and it lived up to the
3: hype. Yeah, the NBL Oak this year, last day, and then I'm, I'm pulling into my house and i got to start writing. But NBL um, Oak this year, I mean, Rancho, Windsor, Newman. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think after the first month of the season, I think, I think Rancho has kind of established himself as, as a pretty clear frontrunner. But, um, I mean, you got a team like Windsor, which I know last week, you know, like, like almost knocked off Campolindo. I think Newman's defense is probably one of the best in the area around here as well. Um, and then, shoot, I mean, you even got, you know, like have teams like Annalee and Montgomery, which are way improved, you know, from the last couple of years. So, um, you know, I I, I don't quite know what, to have, you know what to make of that race, but I think any game on any given night between those, like, you know, five teams is just going to be a must-watch here in Sonoma County. So, And I think a lot of those teams, too, it's like, um, you know, watch out come playoff time because, you know, teams like Monty and Annalee and playing teams like, again, you know, Cardinal Newman – you know, Windsor and Rancho, I mean, they're going to be so much better come playoffs. I think Analy's over in D5 and Montgomery in D3. So, um, yeah, anyway, that's just – that's my that's my pitch there for for watch out for, for some of those teams from Sonoma from County come, uh, come playoff time.
1: Yeah, and uh, I know that you talked about Petaluma. Uh, they're 3-1. and They've got a good um, season so far. The only loss was a like, thriller to um, Annaly. It was like by one point, I think it was a failed two-point conversion. So, this league in the Vine Valley, it's really looking to be a super interesting matchup. So many good teams, Petaluma, Casa Grande. American Canyon had a tough loss tonight to Livermore by three points. One of our reporters was there. Uh yeah, but does look like encouraging in the Vine Valley. So it should be interesting to see what happens down the line.
3: And and also one last shout out too, I um, I see some of the St. Vincent guys in here, but yeah, I mean they're they're clearly far and away, I think. Um, the best Division Seven team uh, in the NCS. Um, I mean, that, that game against St. Helena last week was huge. Um, and I'm really looking forward to, again, you know, they have Montgomery coming up. Uh, they're hosting St. Bernard's, uh, who they beat by, I think it was like 20-plus last time. But I know St. Bernard's, you know, was missing some guys. So some, some really good games coming up for, for, for St. Vincent to kind of, um, you know, again, kind of test their metal coming up. But, um, yeah, no, they've, they're off doing an awesome season. Um, you know, Kai Hall, Jared Passage. Uh, Nathan Rooks, Malcolm Rooks. I mean, again, you know, you, you know, just going down the line, they have some awesome, awesome athletes. So, um, you know, favorite team by far, I think, in the uh, in the NBL Redwood. Looks like Korea could be kind of a sneaky team in there too. I, I know, I know, Ukiah uh, is also over there, and they, you know, uh, edged past Santa Rosa today. But um, yeah, no, Saint Vincent is looking amazing. Uh, I'm still, lo- you know, looking for some details about how tonight's game went, but I saw they beat a good Oakland Tech team, you know, with some, you know, D1 prospects on that team. So um, yeah, some some really good Saint Vincent games coming up. So shout out to them.
2: Yeah, I've seen Oakland Tech. There is some talent there. Uh, Omar Staples, especially, is a next-level defensive end. People really like Anthony Alonso. Both him and Staples are really good basketball players as well. That school has athletes, you know. It's like Oakland Tech and McClymonds kind of remind you of, like, the glory days of the OAL. There was a really good piece in the Chronicle yesterday about McClymonds, how they had, you know, like, Veda Pinson, Bill Russell, and Frank Robinson all there at the same time. You know, some of these kids that are at these OAL schools still remind you of those days, which is Pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, right. Oak Tech girls basketball win state. They had a great season. Their boys basketball team's got Amari Muhammad, all these really tough guys under Kariga Hart winning league titles. It, Oakland Tech's got talent, man. They do. And Anthony Alonzo's also a guy that's got a grambling state off. Oakland Tech's going to be a fun team to watch as this year goes on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You've, uh, Chris, you've talked about how Oakland Tech is one of the grittiest teams you have seen in terms of basketball, their fight, their uh, motivation, all that stuff.
0: Oh, easily, 100%. I saw them multiple times. They were down, and they just fought their way back to get these really tough wins. Lockdown defense, just kids with, like, heart of gold, to be honest with you. that just don't give up. And that's that's the Oakland Tech way, man. That's why
2: Oakland Tech sports are at such a high level right now. And don't forget, hey, they had one of their baseball players go, I think it was ninth round, Adam Crampton out of Stanford, drafted by the Orioles. Defensive whiz at shortstop. One other thing about Oakland Tech basketball, you know, they were a D1 team before all the competitive equity stuff, and they still usually make it into D1 or D2 just about every year. That's, that's a great sign for that program. You know, no matter what the level of competition is, they bring it, and they can play at an elite level, and they go out and play a great schedule. You know, you look at who, who they'll have non-league. They'll play in big MLK events. They do it right over there, and it's a fun atmosphere for a game too.
0: Yes, it is. And also we got some more scores coming at El Cerrito. Stopped all over Foothill on the road. Tony McAdoo had another big game. I know Noah's seen El Cerrito in person. They're off to a fantastic start against a good schedule. in Amador Valley also, Mariah Branskin was at the game to cover it. Her recap will be up soon. But Amador Valley really dominated Granada, and Amador Valley's off to another really good start going into his rivalry game against Foothill.
2: Man, I'm just disappointed that Amador Valley-Menlo game got moved because I was going to go to it, but now it's same night as SI St. Francis. You know, it's great that they did everything to make sure, you know, hey, we've got a mutual bye week. We're going to still get this game in. So hats off to both those athletic departments for working it out and doing the right thing to make sure their kids are going to be able to play a full season. Because we do not need kids losing more games for the last couple of years.
0: Yep. And also, I'm going to give a shout out to Amador Valley's head coach, Danny Jones. This is just what the guy does. Foothill was struggling with helmets. I know there's that helmet shortage. Foothill is one of those teams that's really struggled with it at the sub-varsity levels, and Danny Jones, kindly enough, donated some helmets from the Elmore Valley program to their Crosstown rivals.
2: Uh, While well, we got a moment, I want to mention a couple other CCS scores. You know, It was a pretty thin night over there. There were some of those scheduled crossover games in the PCAL down south most of which were blowouts, but Monterey nearly beat Hollister on the road. Hollister scored a couple times late in won 17-16, but Monterey's getting right in their first year under their new coach. Alex, I believe it's pronounced Bessaw, might be Besaw. I'm not certain on how it's pronounced, but I'm certain he's doing a great job with a program that's had no shortage of athletes, and now they're finally putting it together. I think Monterey will be a Gavalon team again very soon. Watch out for that program. That, that school always has athletes.
1: Yeah, and I think you mentioned the eight three one area code. You know, eight zero five uh, Salinas. It looks like they also had a really big win. They had a, a convincing win over Seaside. Uh, I think Hondra had an amazing game. They're four 0 56 nineteen to be exact. So I Salinas- believe
2: they go to Hollister next week. That that might be the game of the year in that Gablon division. You know, Palm is still solid. Don't get me wrong. Aptos is really good, but I think Salinas matches up really nicely with Aptos. I think matchup wise. Hollister might be the toughest team for Salinas. Last year was a three-point game, although there was also Salinas coming off of a COVID shutdown in, like, one day of practice. But nonetheless, that's going to be a good one, especially at Hollister. They get great crowds there. They have some of the best try tip around. So if you're, if you're willing to put on a few miles next Friday, that's a game to keep an eye on, even though it's also going to be a WCAL opening night.
0: Yeah, that WCAL opening night's fun. We got, I think, is Sacred Heart Cathedral plays MIDI next week as well? Is that the in the San on Francisco? Our... Yep.
2: You got, what else? I believe S.I.'s down at Bellarmine, Battle of the Two Jesuit Schools, Reardon at Valley Christian, and a lot of eyes will be on Sarah at St. Francis because they play in any sport. It's a big deal, especially when they play at St. Francis, where up until about a decade ago, they hadn't won in, you know, 40 plus years. They flipped that script recently, and it's been like. I think the last six or so meetings been split three to three, something along those lines, but there's some mystique to playing at St. Francis under the lights with the big tree hanging over the field. And for a long time, that was that was a major hurdle for Sarah to get over. And you know, With how deep the WCAL is this year, yes, Sarah's the favorite, but don't take anything for granted. I don't think there's a single bottom feeder like last year when there were, you know, there were three clear classes of teams. There's... You would put Sarah ahead of the rest if you were trying to pick, but you could order the other seven anyway. And I think the gap between the top and bottom is going to be easier. Look at how improved Midi is. They've a lot, but they still have a killer run defense. All three San Francisco teams can bring it. It's going to be a fun year in the WCAL.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that perfectly. Mitty was the bottom of that league last year, a one win team. And look what's happened out there now. There really is. There is no bottom. You're right. There's no bottom of WCAL. And there's going to be teams beating up on each other this year. Sure, you might win that league. You might come a second. But there's not going to be a whole lot of discrepancy and disparities with league records this year in the WCAL.
2: When you have the eight WCAL teams and then, you know, the four – powers between, you know, Wilcox, Los Gatos, M.A., and Salinas. There are going to be some real good teams that aren't even in the CCS D1 field. You know, I believe it's still a rule that you got to finish top six in your league to make it. So a couple of WCAL teams won't even get to the playoffs. And then there are going to be some good teams that slip down into Division Two and can go on a nice run like Wilcox did last year.
1: Yeah, Wilcox is really – that M.A. matchup is going to be a fun one next week. Wilcox is a very um, you know good program well coach. They made it to the state finals last year. It took a tough loss, but they've got some talent out there. Palacios, I believe is his name is you call it, he's had a good season. Andrew, he three hundred and nineteen yards, five touchdowns. They're gonna be battle tested next week with that game against Menlo Atherton. I know Jurion Dickey cannot, you know, change everything, but it's gonna be good.
2: I think it's gonna be a chance for one of Wilcox's defensive backs, Eddie or Salah, I'm not sure how it's pronounced to really step up and show what he can do on a big stage. Because when you play against jury on, people pay attention. Oh, you know, Wilcox always has a couple of big-time linebackers right now. It's Frankie Tagalai. And I like their QB, Ar- Armand Johnson. He, you know, they're not usually a team throw throws much, but he's got really good touch on the ball. They can throw when they need to instead of just, you know, dial up a trick play here and there.
1: Yeah, and Jeremiah Lewis is also a great um, linebacker. He's got 33 tackles on the season
2: through three games,
1: so he's also going to be a focal point in that. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be fun.
2: Watch out for Wilcox, is huge left tackle to Justin, I believe his name is That kid's massive. Him, you know, on one side you'll have him, on the other you'll have Sohanevah Solo, Solo. That's going to be fun.
0: What's that kid's size listed at? Do you know off the top of your head how big that offensive lineman is at Wilcox? I've
2: heard I he's do big. not, but he's big. I remember there was a kid at Milpitas a few years back that was like, enormous but didn't have anywhere near the substance to his game that this kid does. This kid can can block run game, pass game, you name it. That's a high-level Division One player who you're going to be seeing for a long time. Wait, what's his name again? Uh, Justin Hilkema. Sh-Y-L-K-E-M-A.
1: He's a junior. He's listed at 6'7", 300 pounds. My goodness. Wow.
0: Yeah, massive. Any other scores, any other takeaways from this Friday night of football in week four?
1: Uh, One takeaway I have is that Heritage, they're a buzzsaw, and they're coming for that number two spot, especially in in Bay Valley Athletic League.
0: Yeah, watching them in person and get that atmosphere, just it's, it's sometimes you just get a different vibe when you're at places. You just can see things have changed, and that's a place where you see it. I mean, they've got the skill guys. They've got the offensive line. They've got a great running back that we know of, Devin Rivers. They got a good quarterback. You got the skill guys, like I mentioned. You've got Jeremiah Ruffin, Brooks Davis. That whole line's good. Their D line gets a great push. Their linebackers are good. Ryan Simmons is having a great year. Brock Lombardi, Cohen Wolf had some big plays on both sides of the football. Jeremiah Ruffin had a touchdown and an interception. It's. Everything's clicking right there at Heritage.
1: Culture's there; it, it's been there, and they're building upwards. Even with this lost senior class, you think, okay, they're going to go backwards, but they're building upwards, and I don't see much stopping them right now.
0: No, the Her- Heritage has that culture; they have the coaching staff, and they're building up at all three levels now to really get this thing going again.
2: Just found one more story that I wish I had been able to catch earlier game I really considered going to. Um, I've just already seen one of the teams we'll see the other in a couple weeks. So I wanted to spread things out. But Mountain View rallied from two scores down, took the lead over Half Moon Bay. Cougars scored with a minute eight left and winning 37-30. to 30. They always play such fun games at Half Moon Bay.
0: That That's a fun trip to make out there. I know it's tough to get to Half Moon Bay for a lot of people. But that, there's, that's always a fun atmosphere covering games at Half Moon Bay, no matter what sport it is.
2: Get yourself a cheesesteak steak at Jersey Joe's or some tacos at Trace Amigos anytime you go out there. Half Moon Bay Brewing Company is a good spot too.
0: Okay, I'm about to write all those down. <sighs> yeah, it looks like Max
1: Pipp's got the score wrong again. It's at fifty-six, nothing. Uh, oh man. So yeah, that, that,
0: that, that, there's a big difference there.
2: Some of those are you know someone throws up a JV score or someone's just trolling. You know always there was a there was an expression i was taught recently that it was like originally credited to Ronald Reagan trust but verify that's actually pretty yep. here.
0: yep yep that's it's definitely useful in journalism too isn't it it is
2: we've all made that mistake of believe what we saw online without double checking
0: i did that last week <laughs>
1: yep we
2: all have no and not just you but everybody
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep Any exciting games for tomorrow besides Reardon and SHP?
2: Uh, I'll take a look real quick. I don't think there's a ton else. That's really the one in the CCS, although, if you want to dig a little deeper, A couple of programs that have never really tasted much success. One, because it's only existed for a couple of years. Uh, Rancho San Juan going up against Marina. Both those teams having unprecedented great starts.
1: Also, there's the game that was moved, Akalani's and Redwood, Uh, uh, due to the ref shortage. We talked about that on the West Coast Fest podcast yesterday. That's um definitely one of the mini games that actually got pushed due to the referee shortage.
0: That's a fun one. I know Greg's heading to that tomorrow night. I'm also kind of looking forward to that Dublin against Kimball matchup from Tracy. Yeah, tr- Kimball's really good a out growing there. program. Yeah, Kimball's really a growing program now Derek Graves is their head coach. They've got some, I'm telling you they got some D1 talent there. We'll talk you more know, about what, them this coming week, but that's going to be a fun game in Dublin Monday night. Yeah, I
1: heard about them like um they were during on the sidelines during the game I was at and they said it was uh, seventy-one to sixty-three in that game, and it, it appeared it was going that way at, at halftime. It was forty-four to thirty-six, but it didn't turn out quite that way. But it was still a really exciting matchup. Over a hundred points put up combined by both teams. Six hundred rushing yards by Oakdale, and it was just a mesmerizing performance by so many different running backs.
0: High school football, man, it never disappoints. I think that's no, the only the- way to describe it. Any other takeaways or score, guys? Or are we ready to wrap this up for another great Friday's quarter space we got here?
2: That's all I got. I was just looking through the CCS stuff. Um, haven't gotten the score from a couple yet. So if anyone's got those scores that are missing, post them, whether it's on Max Preps or Scorebook Live. But scores are coming in faster and faster these days. So thanks to everybody who has been doing their part on that. Used to be so much harder to get scores
0: in. Yep, that's technology, man, nowadays. That's everybody's got it. You got Twitter, we got it's just everything's better. You got more assistants able to upload scores, parents. But it's we we've got a fun four weeks of high school football in the books in the Bay Area, guys. Check out all the content and the coverage from everybody that showed up on here. You can follow Ethan on Twitter, Noah, myself. You can follow West Coast Preps, all of us. We'll have more games tomorrow. There's some good ones tomorrow. You've got Sacred Heart Prep against Archbishop Breard, and you've got Marin Catholic against James Logan. So there's definitely some fun Saturday football games. But everybody, take care. Thanks to everybody for stopping by again, and have a great rest of your weekend, guys.